Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual. I'm Joe Pavlansky. With me as always is the maestro of mail-order mysteries, Eddie Guevara. Tonight's returning guest and... Well, he, he's one of us now. He, he's our co. He's our co-host. So why not right. put him as co-host? Chuck Caputo. Chuck, what's right. up, brother? Hey, all right, man. Great being here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're you're here every podcast, man. You're you know we're it's it's us three, man. You know we're the uh, the three musketeers, man. Yeah, the three amigos, man. That's it. So hey, we're gonna start off this podcast here by thanking everybody for joining us. You know, we we really appreciate uh, everybody tuning in to join us, whether it's your first time or your 50th time, you know, a huge thank you and, and much appreciation for joining us. And as much as we appreciate you guys, we also appreciate our friends of House of the Unusual. So we want to give them a, a big shout out and hopefully you guys will check out uh, their sites and maybe some of the products that they offer because we definitely have and, and couldn't be more happy. So we're going to start off today with our buddy Todd Machen over at Sea Monkeys. Uh, so that's c-monkeys.com, and any of your sea monkey needs, they have it. Whether you're just starting out or you are a professional sea monkey breeder, there's always something there for you. Uh, different sea monkey aquariums, there's postcards. If you already have your aquarium up and running, man, they have a nice uh, uh, light cover for it and a, uh, a sea show projector screen, which is really cool. Uh, so there's a lot of cool items on there, and they're always putting up some different stuff. So head over to c-monkeys.com. Also, our buddy Dave Haversett has a great site at 1878press.com. So if you are into uh, some books about magic or you want to start learning about magic or you're just a collector of magic books, check out his site. It's 1878press.com. And there is something there for everybody. And if he doesn't have it, get a hold of him. I'm sure he could find it for you. So that's 1878press.com. Also, man, one of my favorite magazines, uh, they're, they're just absolutely fantastic. And I know uh, Eddie has bought some and a few other guys, but that stupid comics magazine. And if you guys aren't hip to it, man, it is a mixture of mad, cracked, and far side all rolled up into one. Uh, black and white goodness and it is absolutely hilarious so they're up to issue number four now five issues total they started off with zero uh, but the newest issue number four house of the unusual has a great ad a full page ad in the back of it so don't miss out and that's at stupidcomicsmagazine.com also head over to mymoviemonsters.com for your scary Monsters Magazine, the newest one's going to be coming out, issue number 123, the Harrowing Haunted Halloween issue. Uh, it's up for pre-order, should be shipping out in late September. I do have an article in there on the Poltergeist movie, the original. Uh, there's other movies covered, such as the Amityville Horror, the Haunting, the Innocents, the Uninvited, and a whole ton more. And just like last year, this cover is going to be fantastic. It's a glow-in-the-dark cover. So when you charge it up under the sun or bright lights and then bring it into a dark room with the lights off, hidden ghostly images will be revealed on the cover that you can't see in the regular light. So definitely check that out at MyMovieMonsters.com. Issue number 123 is up for pre-order, and you can find all the back issues there as well. And our co-host Chuck Caputo, man, he got some great... Uh, magic videos online on youtube it's under his wife's account sherry caputo and that's c-h-e-r-i and check out his videos there they're about five four to five minutes long and they are great it showcases his horror magic and you won't be disappointed they are absolutely fantastic most of the stuff he's made himself and uh they're they're great videos so check that out and while you're on house of the unusual so subscribe to both of the sites, give our, our videos a thumbs up, and keep coming back because there are videos going up weekly. Uh, also, houseoftheunusual.com, and we have, that is our main site. We have a forum there, a blog, all kinds of cool stuff going on there. So at the forum, it's free to sign up. 
and you could meet with some like-minded people. There's always collections being shared. People are talking about movies, and anything to deal with novelties and, and collecting comic books. It, it's all there. So head over to houseoftheunusual.com. Join our free forum and uh, start interacting with, with some people, man. It, it's a great time. All right. Also, it is time for our Crypt of Classics movie of the week. And let me see if I could find it here. My little write-up. All right. So what we do every week under Crypt of Classics is we give you a movie of the week to check out. So if you, you know, you're going through all your streaming stuff and you've watched every movie and you can't figure out what to watch, well, don't worry. We here at House of the Unusual have got you covered with the Crypt of Classics. So these are really easy to find movies. Usually you could find them on YouTube or any other kind of free site, or you probably have it in your DVD collection as well and maybe haven't watched it in a while. But this week's movie is going to be The House of Dracula. Now, House of Dracula is an American horror film released by Universal Pictures on December 7th, 1945, and stars Lon Chaney Jr., John Carradine, Martha O'Driscoll, Glenn Strange, and Lionel Atwill. The film was directed by Early Kenton, produced by Paul Maverin, while Edward Lowe provided the screenplay. It has a runtime of 67 minutes and stars all your favorites, Dracula, The Wolfman, and Frankenstein's Monster, all in one movie. If you've never seen it, this is one that you shouldn't miss, man. It is great black and white movie, and it's perfect for the, the Halloween time. And so all those universal pictures are great for this time of the year. So if you you haven't seen them in a while or you've never seen them, this is a perfect time. So House of Dracula is our movie of the year, and it hails from 1945. So all right, gentlemen, what is going on? Chuck, what's going on in your neck of the woods? All right. Hey, hey, I'm keeping busy. Whoop. I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Let me lower it. Does it sound a little better here? Yeah, it sounds good on my end. Okay. But yeah, keeping busy, doing a lot of shows. You mentioned the horror videos. Uh, you know what? I'll be putting a, 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 a uh, one video out per, per year around Halloween time, and it's just about due. What I do, Joe, is I, I go to all the all the stores, you know, like the Halloween stores, and I pick out a couple of cool looking props and I kind of get inside these things and put like a, put like a time delay or a form of a, a receiver in there so I could work it hands free. And so I picked up a couple props and I'm, I'm working on them right now. So my wife and I will be, will be filming a short video very soon. So make sure you guys do, do check it out. One is a, a baby doll head that has glowing eyes. It's kind of cool. So I'm going to make it float. It's going to float in front of a cloth. It's going to move up and down the cloth and, it's it's actually kind of a cool idea. It's based on the old astrosphere slash zombie principle in the uh, magic uh, community is, is what it's known by. But it's a uh, uh, but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a pretty cool video. There's a there's a thing with the twilight zone. So uh, stay tuned, man. It should be coming up shortly. Well, awesome. Guys, Sounds good. So- Eddie, what's new at, at House of the Unusual? I know you got some some cool magic stuff going on there, and. Well- this is what's new. Well, first of all, that video that Mr. Chuck is talking about here will probably air in our channel, House of the Unusual. It's going to be Chuck's initial to the brand new thing we're having, we're working on. It's called Chuck's Corner. That means that once a week, every week, Chuck will be reviewing classical magic tricks, one at a time, two at a time, whatever he does for his review. And it will be on each and every week in his special. And the other one is Joe. Joe is going to review the movie he recommends every week. Correct, Joe? That's gonna right. We're going to on your special yep. there. We're going to get a little bit. We're going to get a little bit more in depth to, to the movie. Discuss it a little bit. It's going to be a real short segment. You know, five six minutes, and you know, just something that if if somebody's never seen the movie and they want to know a little bit more about it. They could check out that video and, you know, we'll dig a little bit into it. I'll give my my review of it and um, they could go ahead and then watch the movie from there. And then the other one is I will be reviewing famous novelty tricks, collectibles that nobody has. And I will bring one out at a time and tell its history. Now, Joe, as me and you had spoken and Chuck, we're talking about uploading Monday, Wednesdays and Friday. We still have to decide who and each of us is going to, you know, pick their day of the week 
so that we will go, you know, I'll blow it. I could do Wednesdays, but this is what we're working on, guys. Anybody who's listening, this is what we're working on, and it's going to be good. Now, the other thing that I had, um, I have to tell you guys, after last week's episode, when we had Mackenzie Blackwood and Mason Plumley from the NBA, Mackenzie is from the uh, Jersey Devils, and Mason plays for the Pistons. Uh, we, uh, Pistons, uh, basketball team, NBA. Uh, so what I did is I spoke with Mason afterwards and I asked him that it would be phenomenal to put out that magic trick we're working under him, uh, you know, for him, uh, the magic trick we're going to put out, uh, House of the Angels is going to put out under for Mason Plumley, And that particular magic trick, I think it's going to go the very first one we produce, we're going to create an NFT for it. And that's going to be phenomenal because, I mean, it's something new for us. We've talked about before joining forces with the, with the company that's going to put out NFTs. And, you know, a lot of us are reluctant to kind of like, because, you know, when you talk about NFTs, is a, is a totally new thing to people. And to me, it is as well. So I'm being very cautious as you go into something like that because you're technically selling nothing. <laughs> And it, it goes back to when we had that conversation where uh, <laughs> where Joe said that, Joe, didn't you say you purchased for $15,000 an invisible statue from France? Oh, I, I wish, man. But that, you know, that, that's funny you bring that up because that seems like the popular thing. You know, if, if people aren't familiar with that, there was an artist, I believe he was from France or Italy, and he sold he sold nothing for around $15,000. You just got a certificate. with it. He said, you know, it, you have to make sure it's in an area this big and you know, th there's nothing there. He just kind of describes it on the certificate and, you know, somebody actually bought it. So, Hey, why, why can't house of the unusual sell you an empty box or an empty Mason jar and say, Hey, in this empty Mason jar is a ghost. And we're well, going to sell it to you for $1 million. You know, well, why not? Because that well, is the only chance for you to get a ghost. Well, Joe, <laughs> let's be honest. Both you and the famous Todd Mitchin, the king of the sea monkeys, and I know he's listening to us, received a box of nothing a few months ago from the House of the Unusual. Instead of House of the Unusual, uh, House of the Unusable sent it to you guys. And I think Todd and, kept his box, too, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he said that there was stuff in it imaginary stuff that he had to keep it <laughs> he thought, you know all his dreams were inside that empty box uh joe you got screwed man you tossed yours out and then now it might be worth millions and you you didn't even realize it <laughs> yeah i'll tell you what I, I i definitely should have uh should have probably kept it but you know what eddie you're you're talking about uh you know uh packages and all that and you sent me a great package uh Oh, hold on real quick. You sent me a great package uh, the other day, and I did a video on it for anybody that wants to see. It's on um, on House of the Unusual on our YouTube page, and it's entitled Soil from the Vampire Master. And in the box, Eddie, oh, he gave me an ashtray from somewhere. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck I is throw this? something in, you know? <laughs> this thing, but I tell you what, the, uh, the, the pride of it, and I had been looking for this item for years, um, I'd seen it a few times, not great condition or, or just very overpriced. And um, we've talked about it on, on past episodes and it is the authentic soil from Dracula's castle. And it's, uh, it's soil independent. And it was, when was it advertised? The seventies, maybe was it seventies, Eddie? It, uh, it was advertised, I think from like 1969, 68 through the early eighties. I mean, it was sold for a long, long time. And one of the things is Todd just went to the forum and he made a comment about it. I think he told you that it took me to go all the way up to Transylvania. Yeah. <laughs> he's the thing. I'm afraid of flying. So <laughs> I was not the same man when I came back, uh, Joe. I, uh, I, tell, I tell you, man, but but this item is great. And there was there was five thousand of them made. And I this one is number four, five, one, one. And it's signed by James Warren. And it's a little clear coffin. And it has a uh, one of those faux gold chains. And I, I have it all on the video. So check out the video on our our YouTube channel. And I ask people on there, you know, because I'm going to Monster Bash at the uh, the weekend before. 
um, weekend before Halloween. I believe it's yeah, October 22nd through the 24th. And I, you know, I, I want to wear this thing, you know, maybe one day there or just, you know, maybe for an hour to, to show it off because, you know, out of anywhere, people there would definitely know what it is and it would be a great piece to, to show off. But then a part of me is like, oh, I don't know if I want to wear it. So what I did was if you watch the video, check out the video. And at the end, you know, I asked you guys a question on there about about this chain and to leave me a comment down there. Yes or no. So check out the video. You'll see the question towards the end and leave me a comment on what you think I should do. I won't say more than there because I want you to go see the video and actually see this item. It's it's absolutely beautiful. So check out House of the Unusual on YouTube. And the video is Soil from the Vampire Master, Count Dracula. It has a nice picture of a, a pumpkin on it. I think it's the first video on there. So definitely check that out. But yeah, this was a something I've been looking for for a while. And, um, you know, you had great recommendation, Eddie, to, to kind of make a uh, get the original ad and put it in a, uh, a shadow box. So I think that's what, uh, yeah. what I'm going to be yeah. doing with it and put it up on the wall. Well, Joe, uh, you, you kind of failed to say when you read the, I think you read the number on the certificate wrong because it said 5,001. Because <laughs> I flew all the way to Transylvania <laughs> to fill it up for you. So you can't you have 40, I, it's 5,001. You so, know, yeah, um, I, I got to actually wonder if this is, you know, I, I, I've looked it up before and I there's never really any concrete answer, but you got to wonder, is this actual soil from there or did the people, you know, from from the Warren publishing company, just go in the back lot and <laughs> get, you know, a bucket of soil and said, we're going to put it in little, uh, little containers and say no, it's no, no. from Joe, Transylvania. Joe, <laughs> Joe, I got the plane ticket it says Transylvania on it. So I think I it says Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. But it probably comes from, probably comes from Pittsburgh, Joe. Yeah. It's probably from <laughs> Pennsylvania. Yeah. Probably from Chuck's backyard. He had something to do with it. He was given a, here's a bucket of sand and, from from Transylvania, I promise you, it's from Transylvania. And they said, you know, we're going to take your word for it. I, I got a little bit of bad news, though. I didn't realize how that happened, but I mean, hey, that's what happens when uh, you're trying to jiggle a couple of balls in your hands and jungle, not jungle, isn't the juggle? And apparently, it looks according to the comment I'm reading from uh, Todd that the comments are turned off for that particular video. So I guess I subconsciously didn't want you to wear it to Monster Bash because of the rarity. And now I have to fix the thing so people can comment and maybe you can wear it. Now, I warn you, you might have a green, probably most likely you're going to have a green collar afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It'll be worth it. And, but you got to also understand, if you sweat it, the chain will also become green, not just your collar. You mean that's not a real gold chain? What kind <laughs> well, of cheap stuff are you sending me? Man, I'm sending this back to House of the Unusable. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you notice, your envelope said House of the Unusable. It didn't say yeah. House of the Unusable. It said House of the Unusual. It's got more standing, you know? Now, I tell you what, but that was a great item. I, I've been looking for that for years and... Now, I haven't been able to find a, a decent one at, a, at you know that was in nice condition or for a good price. And you know it says that they made five thousand of them, but you got to kind of wonder: did they actually make five thousand, or was that you know another marketing gimmick? You know, we always talk about yeah. with these novelties, you know, the marketing gimmick and all that. And you know, could that be a marketing gimmick where they only produced twenty of them and said, "Hey, if these sell, you know, we'll kind of <laughs> you know make them on order twenty at a time." But you got to wonder: did they make five thousand of them and actually number the certificate. So I wonder, is there a number one out there? Or is there a number 5,000 out there? Well, Do you know anything about the history of it, Eddie? You know, I can tell you this much, 10 years. So I don't know if 5,000 is a real number there, but it could be more 10,000. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There um, might be somebody out there with double numbers. <laughs> exactly. I, I want to tell you one thing that's interesting, though, as uh, that I also came from last week's episode when we had the uh, – the NBA guy, Mason, and we had the hockey's guy, Mac. I got to tell you, I was kind of amazed as I was talking with them afterwards, uh, how they got so involved in magic. Like all of a sudden they got, first of all, they were pretty happy to be on the show. Uh, Mason was telling me that he thought it was really a lot of fun. And he goes, before I went on, I was just, you know, whatever. And then I was like, wow, it was cool. 
Uh, but you know what, though? What I think most important that I wanted to bring up to the attention is the fact when we had spoken about that, the famous movie you mentioned, Joe, two weeks ago, where you said, guys, watch the old dark house. And now here's what I want to bring up with about. I think about 10 or 15 years ago, I was in Staples and I was printing, I guess, one of the posters. And I came across this lady that was there and, and she was selling on Etsy and she goes to me, hey, why don't you try selling those posters on Etsy? And I said, what is Etsy? And she goes to me, hey, Etsy's like eBay. But so I started going on Etsy and, I, you know, I started making a pretty good amount of sales. And I got a letter or an email from one of the customers in Etsy. And she goes to me, hey, do you have the photograph? that I'm about to send you, do you know where I can get this poster? And she sends me the photograph of this old house, or the, I'm sorry, the old dark house. And it shows the, the, the blonde female where she's opening the door and there's a monster hand coming behind her. I had no idea that that monster hand was the uh, Boris Karloff when he acted as the butler in the film. And he also acted where he was dumb. And it's, it's kind of funny because it made me think of two things. When Boris Karloff was asked to do Frankenstein, I'm sorry, not Boris Karloff, well, Bella Lugosi was asked to do Frankenstein. He turned it down because he thought that he didn't want to play the part of a, of a stupid brute, you know? Yeah, yeah he wanted to have yeah. more, more dialogue. <laughs> more dialogue. And yet in the this old... This uh, the dark, the dark old house, the old dark house, the old dark house. Okay, so boy, I, I just <laughs> that title real bad. The old dark. You house. need a, you know what, Eddie? We we talked about this on the last podcast. You need a secretary. Yeah, you need I, to I find someone so. that you need to find someone that follows you around with a notepad yeah. and a pen and a recorder, so that way. Since you've got a million things going on, you need a secretary. Or take better better notes. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely. But but the thing I was telling you guys, take your advice on that, man. I think I'm overloaded with too many things at one time. But anyway, (laughs) the old dark house, when I found out it was Boris Karloff, I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't know Boris. But, you know, talking about Bella Lugosi not taking the part in the film, Boris Karloff, by him, I guess, not being too picky in what he took, because the part that he played in that dark old house as a <laughs> butler that's supposed to be dumb, he's not even talking. It was a very simple, I guess, third-rate actor kind of a part that he took. Uh, but yet, by him doing that, when he took on Frankenstein, he became more popular than Bela Lugosi over time. Yeah. And but you know what and I think you guys could agree with me on this, that if you have an actor that has no no speaking parts or very minimal speaking parts mm-hmm. and they're a good actor, they could they, they could portray that character better better than some people would if it had a speaking parts because Absolutely. they really bring that character. like Karloff brought, you know, Frankenstein's monster to life. You know, he, he brought. Oh, he did. He brought Morgan to life in the old dark house with very minimal speaking parts, and I, I mean, it was just fantastic. I you wouldn't want them to have any more, you know, speaking parts. I I, I think that that's just a credit on on actors like that. And I I thought it was I always thought it was very sad that Lugosi passed up the role of Frankenstein, which I I don't think he would have been a been a very good Frankenstein's monster. No. I, I think you know Boris Karloff. He is the quintessential Frankenstein's monster, but he played that role fantastic with just grunts and he brought that character to life and you thought it was a real character and you felt bad for the character. Yeah, he, he was great. I mean, Joe, that, that's just a credit to their acting ability, man. I, I love it. I love when people, when people could do that. I agree, Joe, but I got to tell you one thing. When you say words, as Morgan, all he did was, yeah, <laughs> and it was only one time, you know? But I, I, let me tell you a story about the what I was telling you. So the lady writes me and she says, hey, I want to know if you have this poster. And I said, no, but I could probably blow it up. So she sent me, I don't know where she got a high resolution photograph of that particular thing. And I blew it up to six feet wide by five feet tall. Okay. And it was, of course, a horizontal picture. 
when I saw it in person and I, and I saw how big it was that I said, wow, this is a good photo. Like I, I was like, I, I need to get a copy of that for myself. And anyway, uh, I sold it to her. Um, and that's how I was introduced for the first time ever to the old dark house. You see, I got it right this time. Yeah, you got it right. And, All right. And Joe, I'm in work late at night. And I was amazed at, you know, it's raining. It was actually raining. That's a funny thing about two nights ago. And I turned the movie. I'm watching the movie on the computer. And the first thing that I find in the movie is when the guy, they're driving down the road and the road is collapsing. And I'm saying to myself, the first thing is like, are you kidding me? 1932, the cars they're using has no windows or anything because obviously <laughs> there was none. And yet this car is going through mud It's going, and it's not stopping, you know, it's not breaking down. So I thought it was kind of funny. And there is a part there, Joe, where you, it looks like the mountains collapsing. It actually looks like the entire uh, mountain caved on top of the car, but apparently yeah. it didn't. And then they go and, you know, so you could basically, I think you can see uh, that they're using like a toy car as they're showing the scenes, because, you know, it's oh, 1932. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, they get to the house. And the first thing they come across is Mr. Femme. <laughs> now, the guy who plays the owner or the, or the brother of the lady who couldn't speak, I mean, who couldn't hear. And you got the butler, um, Boris, that apparently, you know, as Morgan, he, he's dumb. He can't speak. So it was quite a good setting for this house. And my favorite part was is when they go up, and this is so funny because I don't know if you guys are going to laugh. The guy who's supposed to be the father, who's 102 and is in bed over there, he reminded me of two things. <laughs> he reminded me of the of the house in Haunted Hill, the old lady that was there. Oh, yeah. And he also reminded me of, um, <laughs> if you guys remember that show in the 1970s we had discussed in a prior episode, the hilarious house of Frankenstein that actually in Canada aired right. 23 seasons, but in America it only aired one season. I think it was 1973. The guy who played the librarian, which is the same actor. I think uh, the, that mo that show was done by Van, I forgot his last name, Van something. And he played all the parts in the hilarious house of Frankenstein. Um, but Joe, I mean Chuck, you do remember that show, correct? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, you, you know what I, you know what I, I always thought funny, and you know, because I, I watched a ton of old movies, old shows, serials, and you know, I, they had the same thing in the old dark house. Is and it always seems I don't know what it is about movies in the the 30s through like the the early 60s, but you know, guy meets the girl and like an hour later the next day he asked her to marry her and she says yes was that something common you know Very back common. in that time frame Very because common, man. because in in the old dark house they're there for what a night and and roger <laughs> asked gladys to marry him and then she kisses him you know in response and That's it's like well, you, you just met her that night you know it was that you know something joe and chuck the Old Dark House is very similar, but there was um I was looking today through my um I'm still organizing from the flood I had over my daughter's I was organizing my little warehouse there and um I came across something very special. An old magazine and I was reading the magazine and I just you know flipped through the pages and I noticed that you know just like we were saying a lot of those things a lot of those old things they either asked them to marry or people that played in and one good film that i i found in this magazine was it terrorized the world and it's supposed to it looks like a caterpillar coming out of the ocean because mm. you know you have one that it conquered the world or if i'm correct i think the title was, was uh, joe if you got the computer look it up i think it's called it terrorized the world that was a good film I don't remember that one. Yeah, I don't remember. I'm looking it up. I don't. I don't see anything. Well, that that particular film was oh phenomenal. Um, 
Hmm. I, I told you guys, I, I got one time, I got this DVD player that my wife had given me. And I would watch every single night from a pack of 190 sci-fi and scary films. I would watch this each and every week. Yeah. Every night, actually, I watch one film. And um, I got to remember, I'm sure I'll remember the name of the, I think it's it terrorized the world or, hmm. but it, it shows like a big giant worm coming out from out from the ocean. And it, that is a very good film. Just like the um, the guy with the X-rayed eyes, there was one called the Abominable Mister X or the something Mister X. Mm-hmm. Those films, and yes, Joe, it is true what you're saying. A lot of times they meet the girl, the guy. Yeah, with, what, yeah what's up with that? Man. <laughs> man, I dated I dated my wife for two years before we got married. You know. <laughs> yeah, wow! What didn't happen that night? No. <laughs> yeah, it, it always seems, and they they meet the. They meet the woman and they immediately ask her to, to marry him. And I always thought, wondered, like, was that something normal? And, you know, you got me. That's crazy, back then. Man. And, you know, I wonder, you know, did those marriages last? You know, because you're only meeting, you just, you're just meeting somebody then. You know, nowadays, you know, we wait, you know, years to, to get to know the other person before oh, asking them. But, oh. but back then, you know, they're sitting in the car and he looks, all right, hey, you're pretty cute. You want to get married? And she's like, yeah. yeah. That's, okay. that's yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. Hey, but hey, but getting back to the to the Frankenstein's monster, if you read if you read the classic by Mary Mary Shelley, you know what the monster was very intelligent. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's very intelligent. I think he read Shakespeare, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it was amazing. That's what floored me because I had read the book, uh, probably when I was in like eighth grade, and then I watched Frankenstein, and and it was just a big contradiction. I'm thinking, whoa, this. This Frankenstein's monster grunts. He doesn't know anything. And, yeah. uh, but the one in the book was extremely intelligent. Yeah, they were very, they took some very liberal uh, ideas and, and changed that story up a lot for it. And I, I can't remember which, I think it was the the third sequel or the second sequel, third movie, where he kind of started talking a little bit. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was nothing like the uh, nothing like the book. No, nothing, nothing like the novel. Because you know what? I went through a kick years ago. I, I read all the classics. I'm a I'm a huge uh Jules Verne uh guy. You know, I mean I I, I love I love his uh stories particularly, you know, with the sci you know the sci-fi stuff and everything. And so yeah, but that just uh, flipped me out because I couldn't believe the contradiction in the in the Frankenstein's monster. It was unreal, man. Yeah, I tell you yeah, another one that I'd, I'd really like to, and I, I've been meaning to read it for years is uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, it was excellent. And, and see how that really compares to the movie, because I know that there has been a lot changed up from there. And I've I've read some of Stoker's smaller works, but I've never actually mm-hmm. gotten around to read. And I just bought a few uh, about a month ago a nice um, Bram Stoker Dracula book from uh, Barnes and Noble. It's had a real nice cover on it, and um, I definitely want to to read that maybe hopefully before Halloween this year, I, I could get it done. And I really want to see how it compares and contrasts. Oh, yeah. to, uh, to you, the movie. you know, what's, you know, what's weird, Joe, the books are always more detailed. You get way more details from the book, you know, cause you can only film so long. You can only squeeze right. so much detail into a hour and a half movie or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I, I tell you what, and I, and I much rather prefer read. I mean, as much as I love the movies, I, I do like, mm-hmm. like reading. Cause like you said, it gets more detail yep. and the stuff that's, you know, kind of left up to the reader, you know, you could kind of use your own imagination to fill in the blanks and, you know, what does this person or this monster actually look like? What, how are they walking? You know, are they standing there and, you know, you know, puffing their chest out, breathing, you know, are they silent? I mean, there's, you could really get into it and you get to put your own little spin on it. And, right. you know, in your theater of the mind, you have your own movie of it playing. At least that's how I, when I read, I kind of play it out in my mind and, I kind of try to fill in the blanks a little bit. It makes it, you know, some of the stories more interesting, but yeah, a lot of times from the book to the movie, they're, they're completely different. And, you know, you look back at some of the uh, the authors of those books there, a lot of them were upset on, on how the movies turned out because they were so different from (laughs) the original movies. Let me tell you guys one thing too, though, Uh, just like we were saying, I experienced that when I read the book Orca, the killer whale, that's when I was young and the yeah. movie came. The movie and the book had a totally different ending. And I'm like, okay, were you supposed to do that? Um, yeah, but that's very, very common. But anyway, I want to correct myself. The name of the movie, I, I just picked up the magazine to look at it because I brought it home with me. 
is the monster that challenged the world. Oh, okay, okay, I know. Yeah, I was trying to think. Of, I I could picture the monster, but I couldn't recall the the title. Yeah, it's called the monster that challenged the world. I can't read here. Uh, it says crawling up from the depths to terrify and torture. Yeah, that's where uh, when at the at the end of the movie he uses like a some kind of um, nitrogen thing to freeze the monster. I believe so, but th- that's a yeah, really good in film. The lab. What's that? That's a very good film. And, and oh, I, fact, I, I tell you what, that monster's spooky. You got the big bulging eyes and the two, um, uh, what are they, two like claws on the mouth. I mean, that's it was a, like a giant it, caterpillar. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a weird, that was a, a, a freaky movie. Yeah, the ending, the ending of it where they're in the, uh, the laboratory and the monster's in there and the, the little girl comes in and the guy rips that, um, I think it was, what's the stuff that freezes real quick? Is it, uh, nitrogen or something like that maybe i think it was nitrogen i don't, I don't yeah, remember but he, he but pulls know. he pulls it off of the uh he pulls the the pipe off of the uh the tank and he sprays the monster and freezes it but that's like that's a hugely uh um popular uh movie clip right there yeah it, it is but you know something though when you look at, and this is a, again it's and i tell people the 1940s and 50s horror films especially like the, this one that says the monster that challenged the world. And then there's the Mr. X. I think Mr. X, if I'm correct, that was one that was based on an alien comes into the earth and overtakes a body of a man. And he's walking around with this briefcase and he's got like a deep voice. The, the films, I know that the, the graph, not the graphics, the CGI, not CGI's of course, because that CGI didn't think existed. They're very well, like ancient on their days. They're very simply done. The effects are really, I mean, barbaric, but the storylines are very good. Mm-hmm. And some of those, like, like this one, for example, the monster that challenged the world. If you look at the setting, it's kind of very close to the creature from the Black Lagoon, mm-hmm. which is an old-time classic. And you know, yeah, bo- yeah, both that monster comes out of the the water, yeah, and it's it's. It's a weird. I, I tell you what, for that that time, man, it, special effects were were absolutely fantastic to get something like that. Because I'm sure there was a lot of um, a lot of play with the camera and oh yeah, different tricks to get the people to interact with the the monster. I mean, it, definitely movie those, magic at its finest. Do you guys remember the Deadly Mantis? That's what that was another film I remember watching, and it that's kind of like a takeoff from Godzilla, King Kong. Right. It had the same feeling. You know, they, they didn't change their the aura of the film, I guess. When I'm saying the aura is the feeling and the portrayal and everything. But they did. But the, I liked some of those films. In fact, who doesn't like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? The Indiana Jones movies are phenomenal. Uh, unless, I don't know if you guys don't like them. I love all the whole series. But sure. yeah, absolutely. there, was, there yeah. was one in that same pack of films that I saw. And... I forgot, but it was a female Indiana. Instead of being Indiana Jones, it was a female who played the part, and they did the same thing, looking for treasures. And you talking about Tomb Raider? Uh, you know what? I don't think it was Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider was, um, it wasn't that Angelina Jolie? Yeah, based off of a video game. Yeah, no, no, but no, she no, was no, like no, kind no, of the same no, no. thing, I think. No, no, this was more like Indiana Jones, and it was a female. I, I forgot the names of the film. There are two parts, and they're pretty long from point A to point B mm-hmm. and I remember one also that's phenomenal was Deep Blue which it has a guy and a girl she, the girl's got a one piece bikini the guy whatever but the the scenery that you have in the ocean and the I mean especially when you put like I mean, if you're sleeping on your bed and you have a 7 or 10 inch screen sitting right on top of your chest <laughs> and it's totally dark it looks like you're watching a, a 100 foot screen and I mean, I was thrown back by did two things. It was very relaxing for me, which I'm asking myself, why am I not doing that today again? Second, you get to watch so many films, it's crazy that you forget the names of the films. Yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but they, they're really great. The only films that were kind of like goofy was the blob. Because you know the blob was kind of and they mm. remade the blob a million, but the original Oh, I, I love the blob. That's that's one of my because you know, I remember watching the blob. It used to, 
always be on on um i believe it was usa up all night with uh oh. sheer was hosting and right they would play the blob all the time and i even remember catching it sometimes uh uh saturday afternoon matinee they would have it on either tnt or usa and man i, I love the blob and i always remember you know thinking like man that would be so weird to go in my backyard and there's this <laughs> there's this blob back there oh, you know yeah. <laughs> It'd be really terrifying, but yeah, you know, a few years ago at Monster Bash, um, I can't remember the gentleman's name. Sadly, he passed away a few years ago, but he was the caretaker for uh, some of the original Blob items. I actually, he wrote a book on all the stuff, and I I got a copy of it, and he signed it. Um, but he had some he had some of the original props from the Blob, and a, what a lot of people don't know, and w- which was amazing, is that everything was like done like very miniature. And then the camera, you know, it was kind of what they call a forced perspective to make it yeah. seem like it was large. And I couldn't believe it. Like when the blob's coming out of a doorway and he has the, he says, yeah, this is what they used for it. And it was like maybe a um, a 12 by 8 piece of cardboard that looked like a storefront with the, the blob coming through. And he said, yeah, people were just on the other side pushing it through. And oh, it's amazing. they got the camera in the front and you would never know. I mean, it was just absolutely fantastic. And then he had the the jar there with the actual blob uh, prop that was still sealed up in it. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, he was describing what it was made of and everything and every, all, everything about it's in the book that he put out. I'll have to, one of these episodes, I'll have to bring the, the book up and, and oh, yeah. but it was absolutely fantastic. And it was amazing to see. And oh, supposedly, awesome. yeah, supposedly this year at monster bash, they're going to have the stuff there again. I, there's a new gentleman that's a, a caretaker of the item. So I definitely can't wait to, to see that. Cause anytime you could see props from, you know, classic movies is always a, a oh, yeah. I, I tell you what, Joe, back a few years ago, I remember reading this is probably maybe 15 years ago or so. The you know from the from the uh, time machine uh, uh, you know uh, with Rod Taylor they they had that that thing was vanished I mean they couldn't they couldn't find that thing anywhere you you know that you know the chair where the thing spun and you had the little uh, thing you grabbed onto that yeah it was on Big Bang Theory (laughs) yeah yeah that turned that turned up in like a Goodwill somewhere in the California yeah and uh, somebody recognized it and they grabbed it for like ten bucks. And that oh thing, my yeah, that thing sold for I couldn't tell you how many how many hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you never know what you're going to find. Now, uh, do you remember? Do you remember that episode? Did you ever watch the Big Bang Theory? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. You did, did you see that episode where they all pitched in to buy a replica of the uh, the time machine chair, and right. then they had it in the apartment, and they were all taking turns. You could everyone had like an hour a piece to, to sit on it and play and. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, that was that was. I tell you what, that's that's uh, that's one of my favorite books. Also, the Time Machine. Uh, that's a great. Um, that's a great thing. That's what. Uh, what, what was that called? The Morlocks and the Eloy. And uh, you know what? As a matter of fact, uh, I had my kids read that book with me many years ago. But you know what? Getting back to the stuff that they did prior to CGI was unbelievable. Even like the even like the Wizard of Oz. I mean that was all filmed on a soundstage, man. Uh, that I mean that tornado was what women's women's uh, stockings that they twirled and they made the, yeah. the tornado and the the house landed on the witch. And uh, I think about three years ago, two and a half years ago, it came out. It was its 80th anniversary, and they put it back at the theaters. And my wife and I made it a point to see it. It was in like January, and it was like. 15 below zero but we said listen we have to see this movie i tell you what you know what you know what's cool that you, that you brought up wizard of oz is that at monster bash this year they're showing the they're showing the movie oh nice and then um right after the movie um frank delastrito he's a, a classic horror historian he's doing a i believe it's an hour yeah it's an hour talk that would be on cool. um, the history of the wizard of oz so i i do i cannot wait because i love that movie margaret hamilton's my one of my favorite actresses oh so. man i love it and joe it was so cool seeing it when i brought this back for its 80th anniversary at the large screen in the theater oh because, i would have loved to seen it on yeah, that because you know what you, you miss things when you watch it on tv i don't know what I, I mean i don't care what size tv you have but if you see it at the theater i mean it brings detail in that i did not notice i was pointing out different things to my wife i said i didn't know this i didn't know that i, I, I never noticed it because it's it's so small on a TV, you know what and, I mean? And you know what's funny is that when um when I first seen the schedule for Monster Bash and they had Wizard of Oz on there, I'm thinking, why the heck would they have Wizard of Oz on there? And then I, I'm like, 
I'm reading the thing, and he said, well, there's there's many horror horror elements of it, and and I mean, it's like stuff of nightmares on it. And I'm thinking of the movie, and I'm like, I I never, you know, I always just kind of thought of it as the Wizard right. of Oz, you know, a fantasy movie. Fantasy. But when you're looking at the the witch, you have uh, flying back bat winged monkeys, you have yeah. all this, you know, the haunted forest. I mean. It, it, it is a horror movie. It, it could be considered, you know, part of a horror movie. It, it's, and I never looked at it that way before. So I'm very interested oh, to, uh, that would be cool. Those, those damn monkeys scared the crap out of me when I was a kid, man. I didn't. Oh yeah. Those are things of nightmares, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I saw I, pretty bad, man. Yeah, I yeah. saw a couple outtakes, Joe. It was actually, it was, it was, it was like pretty interesting. They had originally filmed a lot more that they cut, you know, and uh, and one was where they were on the yellow brick road, the scarecrow, the Tin Man, and Dorothy, and everything. And they were doing the jitterbug. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But they but they wanted that out because it would have dated it. You know what I mean? If you yeah. If you watch the Wizard of Oz, you really don't know what time era that comes from too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, really. And and you know what? It's I I have to get that on on DVD because I like I said, Margaret. I my favorite I have Bella Lugosi, who's my favorite actor, and Margaret Hamilton, who's my favorite actress. Yeah. So I've been trying to get you know at least a, a copy of each one of their movies that they've made, and yeah, I, I really want a nice copy of of um, the Wizard of Oz with you know a lot of extras on oh, it. Absolutely, Margaret, really Margaret Hamilton looked like a witch, didn't she? She had that nose and everything. She really, uh... yeah. You know what I. I when I did an article, I think it was two issues back on, on scary monsters, um, um, from uh, in, in the see, I maybe I need a secretary like Eddie because I'm I'm forgetting uh, what's the movie that uh, William Castle did with the uh, with the ghosts. Um, oh man, I need a secretary. Are you talking what about is, the, the thirteen ghosts? Yeah, thirteen ghosts. Oh, thirteen ghosts. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so she played the housekeeper in that movie and she was also like a psychic medium you know witch okay and he looked i mean she looked the part you know she had her hair back she was all in black yeah and i, I had never seen that movie before and when i watched it and i seen her in it because i didn't before i i said you know what I, i'm not going to do any research on the movie i just want to watch it first right and then i'll do some research and then watch it again and take some notes so i watched it and i seen her in it and like I had like a lump in my throat. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, you know, she looks <laughs> fantastic in it. And then doing some research is that he actually put her. He he was a huge fan of hers and huge fan of Wizard of the Oz, William Castle. That he kind of he yeah. put her in that part as a nod to her character in the Wizard of Oz, which I I thought was was absolutely fantastic. But she, you know, she played a a fantastic role in there. And she's from right by our area, Cleveland, Ohio. So oh, is she okay? Wow. Yeah, she's. Yeah, she and then she moved up to you know her later in her career she moved up to Maine because she before getting into acting she was a uh, a preschool or a kindergarten teacher oh. and then, then she got into acting and all that and so yeah she has a you know I, I kind of got into her history a little bit but there's really not much out there about mm -hmm. it I'd really like to get a hold of you yeah. know some of her family and try to really get into you know see that would, that if you know, she got cool. any memoirs or anything but. Yeah. But yeah, it was her, her role was really, really good in uh, 13 Ghosts. So if anybody out there hasn't seen it or, it or missed her part, man, definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you flash forward to the 70s, early 70s, maybe up to the mid 70s, now you may have may have not even been born then, Joe. I don't know. But uh, she, uh, but Margaret Hamilton played on the Maxwell House commercials, Cora, remember? Yeah, Cora, yep. Yeah, I should say good to the last drop. I remember watching that when I was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> I, I seen. Yeah. Yep. What is that? Yeah, you could find those on. I've watched a few of them on YouTube. That was a, a little bit before my time. I was born in '80, so I think those all okay. came out, you know, before that. But yeah, you could still find them on uh, on YouTube. The commercials. Wow. She she kind of had like a uh, excuse me. She always had like a a small bit in in the movies, but she kind of had like a resurgence with that that Cora role. Oh yeah, that that was very popular. I saw those when there was when they were new, Joe. When I was a kid in the '70s. The last drop, and there was another commercial where it's not nice to fool Mother Nature with the with the with the uh, margarine uh, commercial. I, I remember that. That was kind of. I remember that one. I remember yeah, that. I don't think great. I've seen that one. Yeah, she said it's not nice to fool Mother Nature, and she raised her arms and thunder would strike. It was pretty. It was pretty <laughs> cool. But but that's hard to believe, Joe. You were born in 1980. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I graduated, I graduated high school in 1982, so you were only two years old when I graduated. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, I'm feeling kind of old here, uh, Joe. <laughs> you know, Joe? Yeah, that's all right. You guys are both old, and I'm still young. <laughs> yeah, you're, you were born in the wrong time. Hey, let me ask you guys a question, man, because we're talking about all these great films. One film that I remembered and stood up, and I just remembered it tonight, Curse of the Faceless Man. And one of the reasons, this was like a, they find an archaeologist find. It's kind of like the thing from another world. Uh, they find this man in and, and, and stone, He's and he comes to life. The guy who plays in that, if I'm, I don't know if the name, his name is Richard Anderson. Richard Anderson, yeah, he played and Dr. He, Paul Mellon. Yeah, isn't he the guy that also played uh, in the $6 million man? Yeah, the, definitely. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was Oscar, Oscar, uh, yeah, his boss. Uh, yeah, that, that's why I like that film when I first saw it. Um, it's you know what when you look at the thing from another world, and you look at that film, it's very similar. I also came across one time a robot that they I think it was in South Carolina. I bought it was called Man of Stone, and the faceless man is supposed to be like it says Curse of the Faceless Man is supposed to be this guy and then he's made of stone. Uh, but yeah, and I tell you what, I, I tell you what, uh, Adele Murrah was, she's absolutely beautiful. She was in, in that movie, and she, I, I mean, if, if people have never seen her or anything, she was, uh, she passed away in, I believe it was 2010, but she was, mm. she was very good looking. She was a Spanish actress, and um, yeah, she was beautiful. I mean, so, like we were talking before, some of those, those old time actresses, they were like very they were feminine, very beautiful. Oh, absolutely. Well, you, know, you know, no plastic surgeries or nothing, nothing like that. Nothing. You know, a little bit of makeup, but they were just, you know, they, they were very natural and they were, you know, yeah, sometimes they had those, you know, parts where I was just talking with a buddy of mine. We were watching some serials. I said, how come every, every old movie you watch, you know, as soon as the woman's in some kind of, you know, peril, she faints. I said, you know, that that's ridiculous. So I'm glad they, they started getting out of that, you know, in the fifties and sixties and a little bit more on, but the women still, they were, they were tough. They were very, they were very strong and they were very feminine and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, much credit to them, you know, cause nowadays, you know, a lot of these actresses, they, they got all the plastic surgeries. They got the caked on makeup. They got, oh, yeah. you know, all these filters and everything on the cameras where these women, they just, they had what they had and, you know, uh, they well, out there and guys, used it, and, and a lot of it was their confidence too. You know, they were very confident, and that that exudes. They, they were, they were. It was a natural. The time yeah. machine, the time machine. That blonde girl there was really hot, man. <laughs> I, 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 you remember that in the time machine when he goes, right? He appears in the cave. What was her name? Hina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wina, Wina, Wina. Wina. Yep. Oh my god, I fell in love with her. I was like. Whoa. <laughs> That was that was a cool movie. That was the original. And yeah, Yvette Menix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she was beautiful. Yeah, she was beautiful. Yeah, and well, and, uh, he, and it was uh, it, it was the underground people that were eating the little people. Remember, <laughs> it, it was uh, it was it was the chinless Morlocks. They didn't have a chin, and their chin was receded, and they were eating. That's the, right. That's right. Yep. But what about you know some of the films that I used to love too, man? And I, I was shocked the other day when I was talking to my friend Jim. And Jim goes to me, hey, Eddie, uh, I said, you know, come on, let's be honest. It was Hercules. Uh, oh. And I'm talking about, you know, the original Chris, uh, uh, Christopher Reeves. Chris, Steve Reeves. Uh, Steve Reeves. Steve Reeves. Steve, no, Christopher Reeves, the, the Superman that died in the wheelchair. Right. George Reeves is the original. But anyway, Steve Reeves. And, I, and then he goes to me, Eddie, the problem is that he only filmed in Italy. And I go, what do you mean Italy? And he goes, Eddie, all those films were dubbed into English. Yeah, they were dubbed. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. And I go, that's why when they talk, their mouth moves. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what they did. If you if you really start looking into a lot of those films, 50s, 60s, and 70s, a lot of them were, you know, dubbed from one language to another, or they had they wanted the actor or actress, but they didn't like their voice. So right. they would have another actor actress dubbed the voice over them and i i found you know i thought i was you know watching some movies and then i do a little research on it and find out that that's not even the actress's voice and i'm like but yeah that was that was a very uh uh, common thing that they did then you know they wanted the face but not the voice let me ask you a question did did i'm sorry did they do that in curse of the demon or night of the demon you know that i'm not sure of 
Hmm, we'll have to look that up. But you know what? Even if you go to the modern Hercules with Lou Ferrigno, you know, Lou Lou had bad he had bad uh, as a child, so his his speech is a little bit um off. So they didn't use his uh voice actually. Oh wow. Yeah. You, you know, I don't think I ever saw that Hercules and I wanted to. Yeah, they put a real deep voice in her, like he'd go, stand there now while I cross over this this gorge you know it didn't it, it was it was just totally it didn't even sound right you know what i mean because lou has a <laughs> yeah because lou has a slight speech impediment because uh, yeah the ear infections growing up as a child i i found that out when um <laughs> when i when i was asking him to sign a book and he goes what and he's trying tells me to talk louder and i was like yeah okay. Yeah. Oh, he was he was great. He was great on King of Queens. Uh, he oh, was, I was oh. just gonna say that I loved him on there. Yeah, he oh. played the he was the neighbor. Yeah, he was he was hilarious. That was that was one of my favorite sitcoms. That my, my wife and I watch it every once a week. Oh yeah, my wife got me into that show, man. Back when we had Hulu, and we would watch oh. it all the time. And oh, it was hilarious because I, I really liked the. Uh, what was uh, her father's name? He played oh, um, Ben Stiller. He was Ben great. Stiller. Yeah, because I always liked him when he played in Seinfeld, and he played almost like the same character on yeah. there. You know, this this wacky old guy. But yeah, he was great. Oh, excuse me. It was it was it was Jerry Stiller. That Jerry was, Stiller. Yeah, Jerry Stiller. Yeah. Oh, he he made that show. He was like a crazy old man who lived in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was actually watching one episode yesterday, and he sees the he's reading the Peanuts character. He goes, "Wait a minute." Yeah. Charlie yeah. Brown. I remember that. He thinks that they made him after him. I was That's... bold till I was two. Yeah, he, wanted, <laughs> he wanted to sue everybody and make money. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that was that was a great show, man. Yeah. It was. It, it was. really was. Hey Joe, let me ask you a question, man, because we were talking about this. When you mentioned the Curse of the Demon and Night of the Demon, did you say it's the same film in two different countries? Yeah, uh, Night of the Demon was the. Um, Isn't that part two to Curse of the Demon? No, no, they were all they were. Um, um, oh, what the heck was it called? Uh, Night of the Demon was the um, United Kingdom uh, name. Curse of the Demon was the American name. Oh, because a lot of times they, a lot of times, you know whether it came from United Kingdom to United States or vice versa, they would kind of change names depending on, I, I guess the, you know, the culture of each one what would be popular or for whatever reason. But yeah, uh, night of the demon was the, is the original uh, name because it's a British horror film and that's the, the British name curse of the demon was the name here. And I believe there was a curse of the demon, uh, movie let me i i would have to look it up i i think it's an 80s movie um that maybe that's that might be what you're thinking of but yeah that the curse of the demon and night of the demon they're the the same thing no the reason i was telling you about this because i was i'm looking here at uh i have a of the film i have it like a, a box set of the two of them in one and then it says which now you know but it looks like it's part one and part two that's why i i asked you that but I haven't, you know, I haven't seen Night of the Demon. I've seen Curse of the Demon. I do know, and I've told the story many times that I came to a flea market, and they were selling the uh, the magazine is named Creatures. They only made like four or five uh, issues, and the issue number two is cover, and the cover had ripped off the magazine. But it was the magazine was in mint condition. The cover had ripped off. And the guy, I go to him, how much you asking? And he says, $5. So I'm like, you know what? I'll give you four. He goes, no, I really, I, I only take five. So I, I walked off because I'm like, you know what? I'm only going to give him four. I'm not going to give him the five for the magazine. <laughs> Somebody bought the darn magazine, darn magazine. Uh, <laughs> later i wound up paying 126 dollars <laughs> for the same magazine i could have bought for five see you you always seem to to get in those situations yeah, but hey guys we, we we're coming down to the final minute here so uh once again i want to thank uh chuck caputo and eddie for being here and speaking tonight and i definitely again want to thank everybody out there that's listening to us uh, check us out on your local or your favorite, whatever it is, platform that you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to our channel. Uh, give us a good review if you so choose to. And also head over to houseoftheunusual.com. We have a great forum site up there that you could join and get on there and talk uh, 
the same stuff that we're talking here. And if you want to be a guest on the show, you don't have to be any type of pro or anything like that, man. You just got to, you know, enjoy talking about some of this stuff and want to, you know, talk more about it. So, you know, hit us up on house of the unusual.com and let us know. Say, Hey, I want to be a guest on there and I want to talk about what I want to talk about. Or if you got some, something that you'd like to hear us talk about, you know, drop us a line on there. That's the way to do it. So, Chuck, Eddie, thanks again for joining us. And everybody out there, thanks for joining us. And good night, everyone. All right. Good, good night. night. God, God bless, bless, everybody. Good night.